Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. You know, I, I love God's Word. And I saw actual video footage this week of... It had to have been about 30 individuals in China in the underground church, and they were all almost like in a basement. And, and there was a shipment of a box of Bibles in their language. And they've never had a Bible before. And this group of people, all of a sudden, this one lady opens up the box and starts and she's trembling. She's shaking uncontrollably. And, and all of a sudden, she's just, the, the tears of, of just pure joy are just, she's crying. And then she's handing out the Bibles to everyone there. And the place went into, I mean, everybody was wailing and crying. And, and, and you could just see, and they were taking their Bibles, and they were just, you know, they were just, just kissing their Bibles, and they were just thanking God, having the Bible in their language, and they could hear the Word of God and read it. And the appreciation and the, uh, just the treasure that they had received was so remarkable. I mean, and I sit here and think, I want to love his word like they do. I don't want to ever get too familiar with God's word. I mean, we have, what, three Bibles each at home, right? Yes. So, and, and you know, we read the word, and we never want to get so familiar with it that it's not precious to us, that it's not valuable to us, that it's not giving life to us, that it's not imparting health to us. His word is spirit as well. And, and as we read it, his word ministers to us. So as we come to the word today, I just want to thank the Lord Jesus for giving us his word that we have today, which imparts life to us and encouragement to us. So let's just honor the word as we read. Let's look at, um, I'm going to start out with Luke 2. 21 through 33. I'm starting a, a, I don't know if it's a series, I don't know how long it's going to go, but the Lord spoke to me this year and he said that I'm wanting you to begin to experience me on all levels of your life. And in that, he's wanting us to begin to experience him on the deep levels of his presence in our lives. He's wanting us to experiencing him in our prayer time. He's wanting us to experience him and encounter him as we read the word. He's wanting us to experience the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit through healing, through the ministry of the Spirit in our lives. And there's many levels of encouragement that's going to come to us, I believe that as we begin to, to kind of step into a season of really encountering God and knowing God and understanding the reality of Him in our lives, and, and we're, we're just not going to church. We're just not having our quiet time. We are encountering the living God. We are experiencing the fullness of God. And Paul said, I pray that you would come to know with all of the saints, all the saints, what is the, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of the love of God that surpasses your knowledge, that surpasses your thinking, that you might be filled up to all the fullness of God, that God would dwell within you and fill you up to all fullness and then to realize and come to know 
the exceedingly great power that works within you. So I feel like we're, we're going to be on a journey um, in this early season of the year. And uh, we'll see where the Lord takes us. But Luke 2.21. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word is life and spirit. And we ask that you'd speak to us. Speak to our hearts clearly what you're communicating, what you're saying this day to us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 21 of Luke 2. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms. And he blessed God. And he said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace. And according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which are being said about him. So 40 days after the birth of Jesus, Mary's purification was completed. And Mary came in to the temple with her sacrifice in her arms, ready to prepare and present them before the Lord. And what's this is an amazing moment because the Ark of the Covenant, which signifies the presence of God, had been absent from the temple since the Babylonians destroyed the temple. So God's presence, the Ark of the Covenant, was not in the temple. So as Mary is coming in, she is carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God in her arms. And in this moment, she's coming into the courts, and what she's doing is that she's carrying into the temple the very presence of of God once again. I mean, this is an incredible moment. It is very dramatic. And I think at that moment, the crowd didn't know what was going on because there was a lot of commotion going on in the temple. But the presence of Almighty God was entering, stepping back in to where he belonged in his temple. So in that, in Leviticus, the law required that everyone was to offer a sacrifice and normally families brought a lamb. They brought a lamb to sacrifice. But in Leviticus 5, I believe, it says that God makes a provision, though, for those that are very, very poor. Instead of bringing in a lamb, they can bring in two turtle doves or, pig or pigeons. So in that, Joseph and Mary um, are bringing in their sacrifice. So obviously 
it is very apparent that they are very poor. So no one is recognizing them at this moment. Normally, I'm sure those that came in were dressed nice, had their lamb that was without blemish, that was a beautiful lamb. I'm sure everybody was like, oh, they're here. Yeah, we see you. We know you got money. Mm, I don't think anybody noticed Joseph and Mary. They were very poor. And Mary was offering a sin offering. Really, in doing that, she's showing her need for a Savior in offering the sin offering. And while she's doing that, she's holding the Lamb of God who will take away her sin. So she's bringing in her two turtle doves or the pigeons while also holding in her arms the precious Lamb of God, the true sacrifice. This, this moment is so incredible. And, and in that, in this moment, we are introduced to an incredible seasoned old man named Simeon, Simeon, who was a very good man. And we understand that he was a lover of God who kept himself pure. And therefore, in keeping himself pure, a spirit of holiness was resting upon him. And, and in that, there, he was a man that was because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, there's something incredible that's taking place. And that his eyes were opened to see who Jesus was. you got to think, there's thousands of people in the temple right now. There's a lot of commotion going on. Nobody is noticing that God Almighty is being brought into the sanctuary, into the temple. But one man saw it. And it was Simeon. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was upon him. His eyes were enlightened to see the truth. His eyes could see into the Spirit. The salvation of our world was coming into the temple. The Holy Spirit dwells within us in salvation. When we receive Christ, we are born anew, born from above, recreated. The Spirit of God lives within us. But we have an invitation also from the Holy Spirit for Him not only to live in you, He wants to be upon you. He wants to rest upon your life in such a way that he can lead you and guide you. Open your eyes and you can have revelation in the spirit for the things to come, for the things in your life. The spirit of God is attracted to holiness. It's not coincidence that his name is Holy Spirit. Right? So he's attracted to the very thing that he is. And that's holy. What attracts the Holy Spirit upon your life is holiness. And the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to walk in favor. It marks you. It qualifies you. It gives you the ability to do things that sometimes you've never thought you could do. Or it gives you insight into things. The Holy Spirit upon you opens doors for you. And one of the things that happened in my life when I first came into understanding the Holy Spirit and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I was in college and I got my first job out of college. And uh, 
I went in to apply for a job at the YMCA in Wilmington, North Carolina, and it was a, a, a program director's job and a youth program director. And so I would, it would, a job that would be over all of the youth sports, the soccer league, the basketball leagues, the t-ball leagues, you know, and it's so much fun doing, you know, like it, soccer. You know, I used to call it the, the dust bowl. I mean, because all the kids would be like 10 kids all around, you know, the soccer ball. Wherever the ball went, you had this little dust bowl. It was like all the little kids, you know, running around. So, and it was so cute, you know. And then, uh, so in that, I go in for, I remember I go in for the interview and, um, and I'll never forget his name. His name was Tony Adams. He was the executive director at the YMCA. And so I went through the interview, and I was nervous. And I, you know, I, I, I really didn't. I never had any experience. I just knew I love sports, and I love kids, you know. So I thought, why not? So I went into it, and I remember in the middle of the interview, um, he said, you know, Sam, you, you really... Uh, you don't have a lot of qualifications for the job. And, um, but I like you. I do. I like you. I, I think you're all right. I like you as a person. But I do have three other people that I'm flying in for the interview. And I'm going to go ahead and interview them. And then I'm going to make my decision on who I'm going to hire. And, um, and I know a couple weeks went by, and then finally I, you know, I didn't hear anything, so I, I called him back, and, and I, I said, uh, Mr. Adams, I said, this is Sam Fine, and, and he said, Sam, I'm so glad you called me. He said, I want you to come into my office. And I said, okay. So I went into his office, and he said, Sam, the strangest thing happened. I had three people that were supposed to come and, and uh, apply for this job and interview, all three of them never showed up. <laughs> and he said, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I think you're the one for the job. <laughs> and I said, he said, yeah, I just don't, I don't understand it because you're not qualified, but he says, <laughs> I like you. And I think that, I, I really think that, and this is what he said. He was a believer, and he said, I feel like God has chosen you for the job. Isn't that wild? We need, we need to go in an interview, and, and for, the, for the individual behind the desk says, I think God chose you for this job. Yes. You'd be like, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, and so I share that with you. Because the Holy Spirit qualifies you. Do you understand? The Holy Spirit's favor is on you. Favor just seems to make a way where there seems to be no way. So in that, Simeon was looking for the consolation of Israel. In simple terms, he was looking for the one that would rescue Israel. Because Israel was dwelling in much darkness and in turmoil. And the scripture says, those who sat in darkness have what? Seen a great light. So in that, politically, economically, the oppression of the Roman uh, government was upon them. Israel was in dire straits and in desperation for a move of God and in need of the one that would come and rescue them. So in the day came, in all of the busyness and the commotion in the temple, Simeon's eyes were open to see Jesus. In all of what was going on, I'm sure he saw hundreds of babies come into the temple. Because I want you to think about it. Each year, the firstborn was to be brought and a sacrifice was to be made. There were a lot of babies being born in Israel. It wasn't this little small community. 
it was a, I mean, people from all over, all of Israel would come to, to the temple. He saw hundreds of babies. But on this day, the Holy Spirit opened his eyes. And you know, when his eyes were opened and he saw the Savior, this old man went and gathered the baby in his arms. And I imagine his arms were shaking at the moment of the holiness of this moment of holding and looking into the face of God. He's holding the Savior of the world. And he's saying, you know, I can depart now. I can leave. I can go home. My job is finished. I don't need to see all of the miracles that you're getting ready to do. I don't need to see the blind eyes opened. Because my eyes are open right now. And I'm able to see my Savior. I don't have to see all of those that you're going to raise from the dead. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. I've seen enough. I can go home. I imagine his heart was so full. Holding, looking in the face of... Can you imagine that? Looking in the face of God. Look at the face of God. My eyes have already been open. Simeon recognized Jesus. How did he recognize Jesus? Out of all the hundreds and thousands of babies. Because the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit rested upon him. I don't want us to fall into a place where we're amongst the crowd, where there's busyness in life, where there's all this activity, and we miss Jesus because we can't see. We can't see the wonderful things that he's doing in our midst and in our lives because our eyes are blinded to seeing the miracle worker. I don't want church to become so familiar that we're just going through the routine, that, that we're just becoming desensitized and not aware of the movement of the Spirit of God in our midst, who is the one to open our eyes that we might see into the revelatory realm of God and see into things in the Spirit and recognize what Jesus is doing in your life right now. If he walked into the room, would you recognize him? Do you see where Jesus is? King David was accustomed to walking with the Holy Spirit upon him. He loved the awareness of God's presence continually upon him. And David learned that his very existence in life depended upon the Holy Spirit. And it's just so amazing to me that in the midst of all of, in his early days when Saul was chasing him like a, like a dog and after him to kill him, and he ran into the, into the priest in, in, into, into the, he ran into the temple, into where the priest was, and basically, he said, I'm hungry. This guy's been chasing me. I'm hungry. Do you have something for me to eat? He said, the only thing I have is the bread of his presence. And in that, the priest gave him the bread of his 
presence, he partook of it, gave it to his comrades because they had kept themselves pure. And then he asked, you know, do you have a sword too while I'm here, you know? So, oh, by the way, I got Goliath's sword. It's in the back. Go get it. <laughs> but the beautiful thing about it was that the bread of his presence, he partook of the bread of the presence of God. David was a man that was accustomed to saying, it is better for me to have one day in the courts of the Lord in his presence than a thousand elsewhere. To be in God's presence was paramount to his life. But the day came when he sinned greatly against the Lord and he slept with Bathsheba and then had her husband killed. Wasn't David's best day. It was a bad day. And then the prophet comes to him, calls him out on his sin, and he repents. And then the prayer that he writes in, in, in response to his repentance for his sin is that we find in Psalm 51. Psalm 51.10 verse 12 says this. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Do not take thy Holy Spirit from me, he realized his life existence lived around the reality of walking with the Spirit of God upon him. Jesus says to us, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But what sin does, sin breaks the awareness of God's presence on your life. God's not totally left you. You are not able to be aware of the precious Holy Spirit that is upon your life. I think it's, it is a terrifying thing for one to lose the sense of God's presence. And when you're not aware of His presence on your life, you really need to stop the train. Stop the train and get off and say, God, why? Where are you? What have I done? Where have I not obeyed you? Where have I not listened to you? You need to go back to when you first heard, last time you heard him. And let's say, Lord, let's, can we have a chat once again? I got to get rewired here and find out what I've done wrong. We are not made to live life without the presence of God. You're like a fish out of water without God's presence on your life. It is imperative in these days that we live that we got, have the presence of Almighty God resting upon our lives. But the Holy Spirit is grieved when we sin. Sin hurts him. Sin, it, it breaks his heart because he's holy. And in that, he's a person, has feelings, he has emotions. Sin grieves and wounds his heart. But when we repent and we of our sinful behavior, the awareness of God's presence will come back upon your life. But it's, it is so important that we are attuned and are mindful, just like Simeon. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And therefore his eyes were opened to recognizing Jesus.
I want to highlight some benefits of the Holy Spirit being upon you. When the Holy Spirit is resting upon you, a beautiful thing can take place, and that is this. He hides you. He hides you in the secret place of His presence. I don't understand that. But the enemy could be looking for you, trying to set you up, and how God does it, I don't, I mean, at this point, I don't want, I need to know. All I know is he hides you in his presence. He hides you so that you're not seen. He hides you so that the intentions of the enemy are cut short. He said, well, we can't find that dude today. I don't know where he went. Psalm 31.20 says this. You hide me. You hide them in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of man. You keep them secretly in the shelter from the strife of tongues. The secret place of God's presence. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there is power and there's boldness. You become a person that you probably don't even recognize. You're like, who, who is this person? God gives you the courage and the boldness to do things that you would never, never even think of doing. And he gives you the power to back up what you're going to do. The power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you breaks the yoke, breaks chains, and releases the good news of the gospel. So let's look at Acts 1.8. But when you receive power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, power, when he comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even the remotest part of the earth. With the Holy Spirit upon you, there are great exploits, great things take place. So his power is upon you and his boldness is in you. You become a lion. You begin to roar. When you speak, the enemy trembles. There is such authority and power on you when the Holy Spirit is resting upon your life that you're able to witness. I, I, used, to, I used to be utterly scared to share Jesus with people. When I came to know the Lord and then when I discovered the power of the Holy Spirit, I got so bold. I mean, I, I thought... I, I didn't care. I got I bought all these tracks. You know, you get those little tracks. You know, I remember I got a pocket full of tracks, and I would go and I would witness on the beach, and I would go uh, on the on on the piers where you'd have captive audience, and there'd be a bunch of people fishing, and I would just line up and I'd go on down and I would just start handing out tracks and sharing Jesus. But and it's like and and they all knew me too. They're like, who's this guy? He's our he's our fishing buddy. But I didn't care. I'm like, I love Jesus now, and I'm going to share it, and you need to know him. So you get boldness to do things that you normally wouldn't do in the natural. One other thing that the Holy Spirit does when he comes upon you, he reveals to you the mysteries of heaven. The mysterion of God is enlightened and opened up, and you begin to understand things that you never realized. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says this, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Paul's talking about revelation. Paul's talking about the mysteries of heaven. Paul is talking about things that have never been revealed before. But it's, but it's being made known by the fact that the Spirit is upon them. For the Spirit searches all things, and yes, the deep things of God. So in that, God begins to unpack glorious things in your life. So I want to look back at Simeon's life for a moment. 
he was able to recognize baby Jesus in a crowd of thousands of people because the Holy Spirit was upon him. And in that, he was able to experience a miracle of all miracles. Do you want to live a life, do you desire to have a life where the Holy Spirit is resting upon you? Do you want God's almighty hand to rest mightily upon your life? There's one thing that's required. There's one thing that is required for the Spirit of God to rest upon your life. I want to look at Hebrews 12, verse 14. Hebrews 12, 14. The Scripture says this, Work at living in peace with everyone, and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see God. Do you see what, it, what was being said there? The Holy Spirit upon your life as you're living a holy life is what illuminates your eyes to see the Lord but without walking in holiness, the scripture says that you will not see the Lord. You will not recognize Jesus. You know, God is, he's not asking for perfection. There's only one that's perfect. But when you surrender your life to the areas of compromise, sinful behavior, sinful thoughts, sinful ways, even putting on your calendar sinful activity, when you're walking in these areas of compromise, it is affecting the Holy Spirit resting upon you and living through you. But when you surrender those areas of addiction, when you surrender those areas of sinful behavior, of jealousies, of strife, of the iniquity that can run rampant in many people's lives, when you repent of those areas and you begin to turn them away, turn aside to them, in exchange for your sinful behavior, Jesus takes that sin and he imputes, gives you his righteousness. And at that moment, it's called the great exchange. You're exchanging your sinful behavior for his righteousness. He took your sin and he's now giving you his righteousness. It is a gift from God to you. And when that exchange takes place, you are made holy before the Lord. You are made right before God. You are made pure before God. Because of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He takes your sin and gives you his righteousness. That is an incredible gift. That is an amazing exchange where we are made in the righteousness of God. He imputes it to you. He gives it to you. He makes you holy where you can't be holy. You can't be holy in and of yourself. So stop trying. Surrender. Surrender those ways to the Lord. So what attracts the Holy Spirit upon your life? 
Holiness. Holiness. You know, the days that we are living in right now are very troublesome. I have never, I've never seen uh, our nation in such turmoil right now. I've never seen the things that are happening right now in our government, what's going on right now. But you know what? I really don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to talk about the White House. I really want to talk about your house. I really want to talk about what's going on on the inside of your house. We can talk about the government, and that's never a fruitful conversation. <laughs> but the reality is, is that the Spirit of the Lord is moving upon your house. Are you going to let them in? Are you going to open the door and invite the spirit of holiness into your house? Are you going to allow the king of glory, who is pure and holy, to come and live inside your living room? The days of playing church are over with. These times are perilous times. And those that, um, whose feet can actually walk towards evil, Scripture says that evil will be drawn to you. You don't want evil to be invited to your house. You don't want the spirit of this age to be knocking at your door when it should be the Lord of glory. Because what's inside your house is the most important thing right now. And we desperately need to recognize Jesus right now. What Jesus is doing right now. You know, in Romans, Paul is given a wake up church. He's basically saying, wake up, church. So I want to look at Romans 13, verses 11 through 14 real quick. Here. We're going to end with this verse. Romans 13, verse 11 through 14. Paul is saying this. This is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. Listen, Paul is saying, time is running out, church. Wake up. He wrote that almost 2,000 years ago. If he said the time was running out a couple thousand years ago, I'm going to tell you right now, we're in a skinny minute. We're in a time, in the blink of an eye, something can happen very quickly. We are in a time in America where doing church is over with. The holiness of God is to return to the temple. And we have got to really survey our lives because... It is game on. It is not the day as usual. So if it was near back then, woo! <laughs> we're a breath away. Wake up. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Oh my gosh. Paul is like, you understand, he's, he's saying it's imperative then to wake up. What do we need to wake up 
more so now. It's like, come on. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. What is he saying? The day, he's saying the return of the Lord will soon be here. The Lord of glory, our salvation is coming. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. Wow. What a description. And put on the shining armor of right living. Some of us, our clothes are getting a little bit stinky. Get the clothes off. Put on some new clothes that are cleansed and washed in the blood of the Lamb, not tied. <laughs> He's saying, take the dirty, dark deeds that are messing up your clothes, get them off. Because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself. Get this. Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on Jesus. Put on the presence of Jesus. Put on him like a glove. Just let your hands slide up into him. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in your evil desires. Don't put sin on your calendar. Don't devise plans to do what you know you shouldn't be doing. Stop it. If you know you're not walking in holiness and you want God's presence and favor to rest upon your life, then let's let today be the day. Let's let today be the day that you start your new life with your new clothes cleansed in the blood and walking in the light of Jesus. Let's let today be the day that you finally take off your dirty clothes and put on your new clothes. Let's let today be the day that you're choosing to Stop that addictive behavior where you feel like I'm always being dragged back into this addiction. No, you're not. Those chains cannot hold you. Jesus came to break the chains of addiction. He came to break those things that pull you back into that pattern of sinful behavior. He breaks every chain that's bound you. Nothing holds you. So it's time to allow him to break the chains. And it's time for many of us to have our home cleansed in the blood of the lamb. So in that, it simply is this. There's no other way to do it than just surrender. I surrender all. I am tired of this way of life. I am tired of walking in the secrecy of my heart and mind over matters. I'm tired of living things and doing things my way. Absolutely, you have got to surrender all. And realize, today is a day of salvation. Today. Now, you know what Satan's favorite word is? Tomorrow. You could do it tomorrow. 
And then guess what? You forget about doing it tomorrow. Why don't you seize the moment and do it now? So if there's a particular area that you know that you're not walking in holiness, today you can surrender that area to God and be made righteous. Be made holy. The time is urgent. Time is running out. Don't let it be too late for you to decide. You never know. We don't know what the day holds. The time is running out. So surrender that area that's holding you back. And put on the clothes of righteousness. The scripture says that Simeon was a man that walked in holiness before the Lord. He kept himself pure. The scripture says that those that are pure in heart shall what? See God. Without purity, we can't see the fullness of God. I have felt the seriousness of this moment all week long. The church, the greatest days are ahead for us. But it's so important that we recognize what Jesus is doing right now. And holiness is the key that opens your eyes to seeing what Jesus is doing. Daniel, if you could come on up. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come upon this moment. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just rest upon everyone in this room. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would move upon the hearts of every individual here. Holy Spirit, you desire for us to live holy. And I'm asking that you would bring to illumination now any area that you want us to just take off like dirty clothes and give them to you. And in exchange, put on the garments of light the garments of holiness. Holy Spirit, I pray in this day that we live in, which the time is so short, that Lord, you would purify your church, that you would cleanse your church, that you would make us ready. Make your bride ready for the glorious wedding that is getting ready to take place. Purify your bride. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would go deep into the lives of everyone here and let them know that freedom is at hand. That a new day can start today. That there's hope. They don't have to continue to walk in the patterns of sinful behavior, but can be holy because you're holy. You say, be holy, for I am holy. I ask now, this day, that you would begin to let the chains break off of people. I'm asking God that you would enter into your temple you would enter into the house and lives of everyone here. And there would be a song of holiness that would rise in the hearts of everyone. 
that would find freedom in you right now, that would find peace in you right now, would find hope in you right now. Holy Spirit, rest upon this moment. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us in your word. I just want to ask you right now, as you're just sitting there, if you desire for the holiness of God, the Spirit of God to rest upon your life, and you're ready to let go of those old deeds of darkness, you're ready to surrender and let go. I just I want you just to raise your hand. I want you just to raise your hand. If you're if you're ready, I want you to be ready. Lord, I'm ready to throw off those old garments and I'm ready to walk in holiness in you. Church, the day is running out. Today, let it be the day you make the decision to let go and surrender all. If you're ready to surrender, I want you to raise your hand. If you're ready to surrender, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand because I'm believing right now that the Holy Spirit is going to meet you right now. The power of the Most High is going to rest upon you. And God is going to cleanse you your whole body from your head to your toes that you might be able to see Jesus the glorified wonderful Savior Lord Jesus I ask right now Spirit of the living God you would come upon each and every one Lord, your word says when the finger of God comes upon somebody, know that the kingdom has come upon them. The kingdom of God. I pray now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that your conviction would come. That there would be repentance in this house. And that God, they would turn to you and throw off all deeds of darkness. And now receive the Holy Spirit, the cleansing of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, and choose to be clothed in the light of the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you right now for your doing a heart work on many people here. And I thank you and praise you that this is the day of salvation. We worship you, Lord. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. I'd like to ask some of the prayer team to come on up. If, um, if you would like some prayer, if there's an area that you need a little uh, time to, to pray in in regards to any area in your life, um, I just want you to come on forward and let's just receive prayer. Um, you know, the scripture says that one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. When you have somebody else come along your side and pray with you, the things that you've been battling with, when you get another person beside you in faith, there's dynamic power that's released. Ten thousand things can be sent off of you and away from you. So let's just stand. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you. Yeah, go ahead. As Sam was praying and people's hands were raised, I saw demons leaving. I saw fear being bound. Do not let fear keep you where you were. Yeah. The enemy would try to lie to you and say it's impossible or da 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 da, da but 
them some god was meeting you god was meeting you whether you felt it or not i saw things leave and the thing is you need to fill that house fill it with him fill it with the trust and understanding that he absolutely adores you that it's not based on your behavior and what you do or don't do right he loves you fiercely he loves you ferociously he loves you perfectly so those of you who raised your hands believe things left and God came amen 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 father I thank you and I praise you and Lord, I just ask right now for your grace and your power to rest upon each and every one. Protect them and be with them. And give them your shalom peace. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. If you need some prayer, I want you to come forward now. And receive some prayer. I feel like God wants to break some things. You know, it's like patterns in lives that... Uh, that we continually walk in sometimes just need to be broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you need some prayer, I want you to come forward and just receive prayer. I bless you in Jesus' name. Give somebody beside you a hug. Say you're pretty special.